All right, so I'm starting this now. Let's see if uh, it's all connects to uh, the several billion networks that I've I've created. We, we've uh, we've done. I've got Sports Goofs now on. Okay, it's on. But uh, welcome everybody, Sports Goofs number twelve here with uh, Andrew and Charles Hello. and myself. Um, and we actually have a new member coming in later on from the West Coast. So we're getting a little uh, continental here. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've got, uh, this is our YouTube channel now. I think this is the first episode on the dedicated YouTube channel. I've weaned Sports Goofs off of my channel. It can now go on its own. I've kicked it out of the nest and it's flying. Uh, it's on Periscope. Um, we are on, and we've got several, we got a Facebook page, we got an Instagram page, we got, um, um, oh, and, and you know what, and we got Charles dropping <laughs> out of the call as well. So the technical difficulties have remained intact for all of us. Uh, so uh, welcome everybody, we've got 11 games on tap. So uh, what's up Charles? Oh, he left the call again. He, he's he's gone. He is he is gone. He is straight up gone. Uh, uh, Eleven NHL games, eight NBA games, thirty-one. Uh, what's up, Charles? How you doing? Hey guys. Yeah, he's he's uh he's we'll we'll, we'll try to get a hold of him as long as we can. Uh, thirty-one college basketball games, uh, and we've got uh, fifteen. Um, women's college basketball games and four NBA G League games uh, as far as I'm concerned unless I calculated this wrong but whatever we probably won't be talking about the NBA G League anytime soon <laughs> unless you're a really really big big fan of the Fort Wayne Mad Ants um, college football has finally ended with the uh National Championship game in Santa Clara, California yesterday. And I think uh, I speak for all of us when I say um, we're all happy Nick Saban didn't win. So congratulations, Clemson, to, to Dabble Sweeney and his crew. Uh, the ACC gets a champion again, uh, which matters for someone like me, who's a Florida State fan, and I guess Charles as well, because he's a Hurricanes fan. And it just matters to me because it's not Alabama. Yeah, it's not Alabama. And there's already talks that this might actually be another game we'll see next year. Which, yeah, there's an exasperated sigh by Andrew if we see this matchup one more time. So, guys, any anything that jumps out at you about the college football championship game uh i will say that i already thought people were t jumping to conclusions pretty early a couple of weeks ago they were saying Tua Tagovailoa is the greatest college football quarterback ever and even that uh, don't get me wrong the kid's a great player and i'm saying this even with even not taking into account last night's game which was not good but now people are starting to say that Trevor Lawrence, who's the starting quarterback for Clemson, is perhaps the be uh, the greatest college football quarterback Sup, ever. Sup, Shen. No problem, dude. You're here this week. 
And we can talk about college football, which we're doing right now. So it's it drives me nuts that, don't get me wrong, Trevor had an amazing season and even more amazing game last night. But people are just already jumping to these super, superlatives, and it's insane. That being said, <laughs> think... Uh, sorry, uh, F. Clemson. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's that being said... Uh, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, great quarterback. It was a great game for Clemson, a terrible game for Alabama. And already the Alabama fans are coming out and trying to justify the loss. Some Alabama, I've already saw somebody tweet, and I mean, you can see all kinds of hot takes, quotation marks, but somebody's already like, this is another example of this team being badly coached. Fire Nick Saban. I don't know who said that. I don't know if they were being sarcastic or if they were just some satire. I don't know. They better be. They better. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I would hope that would be the thoughts of Alabama fans. And Nick Saban just rides off into maybe not the sunset, but uh, maybe a, a, a rocket ship too that's heading into the sun. But, uh, you know, Nick Saban still has one of the best teams in the country. So No doubt. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's no way that they're going to fire him anytime soon. The guy the guy has a job there for life. He could if he so chooses, he could be a skeleton and still coaching and they wouldn't get rid of him. Not to get any all morbid morbid about it. But <laughs> the the dude has proven himself over and over again that he's probably one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Well, I mean, uh, initial thoughts, um, uh, yeah, I'm happy with for Clemson for beating Alabama. Uh, ACC actually has a representative. But the thing is, Clemson is so far ahead of every other ACC team right now that as a Florida State fan, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, yeah, we're, we might be another three or four years out if Clemson still continues their their – their amazing run of seasons right now under Devil Sweeney, and he is, he was, he is, he is also an Alabama alum, uh, Sweeney, and he's been, uh, he's put together a program that, honestly, if you are in the ACC uh, Coastal Division, you are just hoping to get to that ACC championship game, and that's it. You feel like you have no real shot against them so um yeah it's it's crazy to i'm happy for an acc winner but at the same time i'm just like man what and florida state's in the division like how are we overcoming that in the next three or four years it's funny how the narrative has changed in such a short amount of time because back in 2013 yeah, Florida State seemed like... I remember I was at a CC's with my family, and the uh, FSU cleansing game was on in the background. And I kept, and I just saw FSU absolutely demolish Clemson. And I thought... Good times. I thought, man, this FSU team is going to be dangerous for a long time, and Clemson is screwed. Yeah, that, that's when uh, Famous Jameis was just starting to open up his turnover factory. Exactly. Um, well, remember, that was the year you won the national championship. You no, know, but that's the year we won the national championship. And then 
the following season, I had no idea how we made it to the college football playoff, but we did <laughs> because we barely got through our entire schedule. And then, you know, Oregon put us in our place. Right. It's crazy how just five seasons later, the narrative has completely flipped. Now it's FSU is at the, the bottom of the division at this point doing something practically historic the last time they didn't make a bowl was before you were born yeah it was before yeah was it early 80s i guess 36 years yeah yeah 36 years but um and now clemson is they're doing what we thought fsu would be doing back in 2013 and i think that's really interesting yeah um uh, hey charles what do you think we haven't heard from you i got a lot of uh opinions on it uh, and i'll try to bullet point it one it was one of the few championship blowouts that i watched from start to finish and enjoyed <laughs> it, it wasn't like seattle and the denver broncos where it was like 46 or 48 and i'm like all right this is horrible because it was good you know trevor lawrence going to him is a stud at 19 as a freshman he plays with poised the the O-line held him up pretty well. Bama just seemed out of it, and we've seen that in certain games this year. They didn't get their medal tested. Um, him, Justin Ross, Etine, uh, they had all those guys, and it was enjoyable. And I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It puts as a it puts the whole college program on notice that they are now the top god. But I don't think that they're going to get the Bama preference because all it takes is one loss and you might not even get into the college football playoffs. And I think they're kind of there, but they, depending who they lose to, if they're going in, you know, 13 and one, 14, one, whatever the numbers are, 12 and one, um, they might not get that preferential treatment. Bama, Bama's not out of it. They have like the second best or the best recruiting class, but Dabo is just kind of creating the blueprint of how to be like Nick Saban in the ACC. Um, aside from that, it's just, it's not boring of a championship rivalry for me because the scales are balancing pretty well. It's, you know, Clemson wins one, Bama wins one, Clemson wins one, I'll watch it. You know. Yeah. Um, just a, I guess a side note, I thought Trevor... We had a just a comment. Was it Trevor Lawrence? Uh, you said looked like sunshine from Remember the Titans. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually think he looks like um, Tim Lincecum if he ate a super mushroom from Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he? Or at least you know, yeah, he, yeah, he kind of does. You know, cause, I can get behind both of that. Yeah, Lincecum's about you know my height, so if he ate a super mushroom, he'd probably look like that. It also looks like he's on some sort of illicit drug. I'm not saying, I'm not saying mushrooms, but he, he kind of has this almost Californian vibe to him. Very relaxing. I mean, movie. where is he from? Is he from, is he from like uh, South Carolina or? Let's find out. Like the the person who stood up to me, of course, is uh, Justin Ross. Tennessee. He's from Tennessee, but Justin Ross, dude, oh. that guy, that guy had a game. I mean, the catches that he made. He was, had the catch in the end zone, right? That seemed very yeah. uncatchable. Yeah, yeah like he had two that one-handed catch. Got it. He had that Oof. one on the sideline where he kind of, like he it just bobbled it, but he got, he concentrated enough and he and he caught it. 
Like that dude uh, balled out, and that's when, like, and then that fourth quarter by Clemson, man, they did not let up whatsoever. I mean, Lawrence just he took that ball and he was just ran straight up the gut against Alabama's defense. Like, try and stop us, try and stop us. Just, just try and stop me right now. We're not gonna let up. I mean, they didn't take out their starters until what the three minutes left and in, into the fourth, more I mean, or less. Yeah. So I was bummed that they didn't get the the next touchdown. I really wanted them to salt the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it might have. I mean, still, it's Dabble Sweeney's alma mater, so maybe a little bit of respect towards them. But <sighs> although that does bring up something interesting. Do you, I know uh, people said this when Alabama missed the, the national championship a couple of times ago when they lost to Clemson last time, but things seem a little bit different. Uh, Reese Davis brought this up in the post game last night. Something feels different about this Alabama loss. This is for Alabama under Saban, this is a historic loss. It's the first time they've lost by more than 14 points in a game. It was the most... Somebody pointed out, this was the, the last time Nick Sa- a Nick Saban coach team lost by this much was, I think, when he was coaching the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and um, J.P. Lossman, of all people, for the Buffalo Bills, threw three touchdowns in that game in a loss for the Dolphins against the Bills. I think the Bills were at home. So that was in what foreshadowing? That was in what two thousand and six, I believe. <laughs> so, and I guess the last time in college football was when he was at LSU in two thousand and four, which I believe might have been against Alabama. So, a lot of uh, connections there with Nick Saban's past. That you, Dolphins fans are obviously savoring this loss mm. because there are still a ton of Dolphins fans that are salty beyond belief about Nick Saban abandoning the team for Alabama. So, um, so, so I guess my question is, is this the beginning of the end? And uh, this will make for a good clip for our show. Beginning of the end for Nick Saban at Alabama or Nick Saban in general? Uh, I should say beginning of the end of the the Saban dynasty because college football coaches have a tendency to last until they're 80 years old I know but (laughs) I mean the the Nick Saban saga at Alabama where they win every year every other year I mean I think one of the things this Clemson win shows and especially the fact that they've beaten them twice already Mm -hmm. is that there's at least one program out there that knows the weaknesses of Alabama, can go to toe-to-toe with them, isn't intimidated by them. I mean, the closest you got other than that was Georgia, who maybe might uh, feel... Um, I see Shen's got a comment here. Got a feeling Saban is going to go like Spurrier went. Possibly. I mean, he could take the Dolphins' job right now if he wanted to. <laughs> could you imagine that? That'd be funny. Uh, but I, I think Clemson kind of might, that victory from Clemson might give some SEC teams maybe like a, a glimmer of like of, um, of bravery, a, a sort of like a, 
some essence of, of bravery that hey we can we can go toe to toe with Alabama. I mean, uh, we could just coach a little better, have our players a little more motivated, or what have you. They could possibly um, bring in some weaknesses, but that might take maybe two or three more seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think this will peter out like that anytime soon. I mean, um, it's still Nick Saban. He's still got top recruiting classes until uh, you get like a maybe a two or three season stretch of of mediocre to average play. I don't think Bama's uh, hold in the SEC and college football in general is going to um, weaken at any time soon. So, but what do you think, Sir Charles? Sir Charles, uh, I don't think it's the beginning, of the end, because you got the recruiting class, and then the real SEC competition is going to be Georgia for the moment until Jake Fromm kind of heads out, and a few of those players do. Um, it, it's concerning that he can't beat a team that they often see, because I'm not going to count the Sugar Bowl. To be honest with you, they won like 24 to six. I'm going to count the main championship game, and they got whooped in this one. But I think I've said it all season that Bama just doesn't, they look too content and complacent with what their status is. They haven't earned it. Um, and also it depends on what you define as a dynasty. Cause I, I, I'm going to say it's an end of a dynasty in the idea that you keep going to a finals and you keep losing. All you have now is just a handful of championships. I mean, but uh, uh, it depends on definition of dynasty, I guess. I mean, ever since what, I mean, I think it's safe to say that Saban has created a dynasty yeah, in Alabama. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he was, okay. what, four or five of the last six or seven seasons? I think I think he has six yeah. championships just with Alabama. Okay, so, I mean. Well, he had that, but I mean, like, if it's a continuing loss. Like, let's say the next two years with mm -hmm. Tua, they go, but they don't win. So the LeBron Then, congratulations. Yeah, the LeBron factory. That's not a dynasty. That just means you're second best. I th or I first loser. I mean more in the sense of they're not, well, not winning the conference championship last year didn't hurt them, but I mean that they're starting to not get into the playoff any longer. and Or it's becoming much more sporadic. Because here, they've been in the, they're the only team that's been in the playoff all five years. Yeah. Not necessarily but, making it to the championship, but actually being in that top four. But we talked about it or i mentioned earlier preferential treatment from the college football playoff evaluators but at what bama point, until at what they is... lose like two games three games are always going to kind of get in right right but at what point does reality start to set in for those evaluators and they see we can't vouch for these guys anymore they legitimately do not belong in the top <laughs> it, four. It, it, it would have to be a notre dame type of moment like this yeah. season like where they lose a playoff game, thirty to three. Okay, and they just have no semblance of a of, of any sort of pulse whatsoever. And that would probably be what it would take. If they would have to have some sort of loss like that, or a loss to an up and coming team, or if you expand the playoff and they lose to UCF, let's say, just to throw that little nugget in there for you, <laughs> for you, Andrew. If they lose to a team that is wholly unexpected to beat them then that's when you'll start to feel a little uh, you'll start to see a little cracks 
into the Alabama um, uh, stone statue. Oh, if you will. Let me let me correct myself from earlier. I said that he had won six national titles with Alabama. I was wrong there. He's won six total. Okay, one so was with LSU, LSU. back okay. in 2003, and he's won five with Alabama. Okay, so yeah, as I said, five. Okay, five of the last like seven or eight seasons. Um, does what? He's averaging one like one every. Alabama's other. dominated the SEC since Tim Tebow left. Right. So, you know, it's kind of terrible for me either way. We can't have Tim Tebow back in college, <laughs> while we can't have Bama winning all the time at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Tebow can. Stay mired in Port St. Lucie with the Mets. Um, uh, all right, so uh, any more thoughts from the game, guys? I mean, more takes, more, more what have you. Any... You want to add anything to it, Shin, or anyone else who's watching? That will move on. Because there's a lot more football to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. College football as well. Yeah, I mean, we can stay on the topic of college football. I mean, we still have I about... figure... We still uh, have another 30 minutes. I got nothing. Well, I mean, we're 21 <laughs> minutes into this, so, I mean... Uh, I guess we should just cover briefly the, the, the... I mean, we haven't really touched upon the whole whirlwind of things that happen at the University of Miami. Right. Uh, There's always a coaching carousel in college football where coaches go somewhere, and they go elsewhere, and they lose their job. Yeah. This is... This is, as far as I can remember, the craziest that I can remember. Because, um, so, uh, Matt Rule leaves Temple. Mm-hmm. Forget where he went to. I'm not sure. But um, Manny Diaz takes... He's picked up by Miami defensive coordinator. Defensive or offensive? He was the defensive coordinator, which Miami had an amazing defensive uh, unit this season right. not the offensive unit but defensively yes Miami was and tops in the in the nation so my uh, so Manny Diaz the former defensive coordinator and uh, originator of the turnover chain for the Miami Hurricanes is picked up at Temple to be their head coach and then days later he Mark Ritt who was Miami's head coach decides you know what I'm done so he up and retires out of the middle of nowhere. Miami calls Diaz back and said, "Hey, baby." Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's kind of true actually. <laughs> so <laughs> Diaz returns home, spurning Temple, and uh, I I gotta feel bad for Temple. I mean, they're they're in the same situation as UCF is. Because our coach, Scott Frost, got poached to Nebraska. Diaz is having the same issue. Or Temple, same issue with Diaz. It's It sucks to be a group of five school. Because everyone says, your team sucks and you don't belong with us. But then they say, hey, your coach is pretty good. Let's grab it. So, double standard right there. But then... We had some interesting news today because Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. who was the head coach at Texas Tech, moved over to University of Southern California, USC, to become, I think, their offensive coordinator. And then just today, he was hired by the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. By the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL. So, 
what on earth is going on in college football? Uh, can you explain, Charles, what's, what the heck is happening? All right, so this is what's going on in college football. The NFL, for some reason, wants to hire hip, young coach dudes to help their hip, young quarterbacks that they draft. It, it that reminds not me of that, uh, that, that meme with uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. How you do, fellas? Fellow students. But that's really what it feels like. It's a mixture of we feel bad about who we drafted, Josh Rosen was not good at all. And y'all, you know, anybody who loves Josh Rosen and his mother can come talk to me about this. So they're like, well, get a guy who's in offensive minds, right? Who never really did anything in the pros. He, uh, he Cliff Kingsbury kind of was a backup. He did some stuff in the Europe League that they had. Uh, he went 35 and 40 at Texas AM. But he's credited with having Johnny and Patty Mahomes, you know? So. It's it's like, hey, if they helped out, they made a St. Johnny and a St. Patty, maybe you can make a St. Rosie. Um, <laughs> so you poach them because the idea is that, yes, you do get innovation with college football because you get the triple option, you get the spread, you get these crazy formations. So maybe they want to trans, transition that into the NFL to help better their guy. But I don't like the hire personally because the guy got a chance to show his medal as a coach, 35 and 40 is not good. That's like the Bengals hiring Hugh Jackson, which will probably happen anyway. Oh, that would oh, be beautiful, actually. It, it, the Bengals, after mediocrity with Marvin Lewis, not winning a single playoff game for like 14 years, and decide to go with Hugh Jackson, uh, thinking it might be a better option, unless they're willingly trying to tank. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Secret. But so, so college football, you know, there's no loyalty, and the idea that's always going to be let's transition to the next level, which is being a coach. I mean, Clingsbury was USC's offensive coordinator, and that was a good idea. But how is he going to say no to controlling a roster, controlling people, getting more money? Uh, you're not getting longevity, but if you get fired, you're still going to get your cash coming to you, and then you can attach on into the NFL world. Only a few coaches go back to the college ranks after so many years. Lovey Smith in Illinois, Herm Edwards in Arizona State, and they took their time. They had years put in, and they didn't make it. Um, when regards to Manny Diaz, sorry, Temple, but UM was sweating, and I think him coming back kept the linebackers that we needed to stay and not enter into the draft and everybody else. And it's, it's Temple, so we'll survive. I keep wondering, don't these schools have like law schools where they, you know, get the contract professor over and be like, yeah, you signed this contract with us and you can't leave or else we'll, well have a heavy well, penalty. I don't, I don't get it. Don't, there, don't, there's well, buyout there, options. There, I think Manny Diaz had $2 million buyout option. He did. And you and probably use that money to get him out. Ah, they probably okay. save a pot in his contract. So they don't try to leave without, because here's the thing, you know, you spurn one AD a long way, everybody's connected. Good luck trying to get a job and opportunity. Unless your name's Urban Meyer, he'll come back and say, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, my headache's over. <laughs> headache, headache's over. A couple of my guys killed some dudes. It's cool. It's not my problem. Well, I will say this. Teen, athletic directors at the group of five level are becoming a lot more savvy to this. Um, case in point, UCF, our buyout for Scott Frost was 
something. I forget what it is. But the buyout for Josh Heupel, our current head coach, for the, for the first four years of his contract, which is through 2022 season, mm-hmm. is $10 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, Heupel's going to want to be there for a bit. Um, well, right, but... And I, I think he will it, be. It, it's just... It avoids a Frost or a Diaz situation where somebody says, hey, he had a great year, let's snatch him up. Here, but he let me ask you... Let me ask you this, because I know you're very connected to UCF. You being a supporter, what else could Scott Frost have done for you guys? Yo, Cesar, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Dude, hey. what's up? Hey. All right, so that's a new member of our crew, Cesar. He's just, I think he just got off of work. <laughs> <laughs> out of work and ready to talk some sports. Yeah, we're, he's out in L.A. Actually, uh, we'll pause a little bit. I kind of want to introduce him. Uh so Cesar is actually a co-worker out in Los Angeles. He's a lawyer, so he has a JD like the rest of us. Okay. And, uh, dude, what, what are your allegiances for baseball, basketball, football, college? Uh, well, I'm kind of a hunger when it comes to all pro sports. So Lakers for basketball, Dodgers for baseball, Rams for football. Uh, college, uh, went to Long Beach State, so go beach. Um, other than that, what, what's just, your mascot? What's your what's Long Beach mascot? Uh, baseball, we're the dirt bags. Um, for the rest of it, we are the like 49ers. Oh, okay. I think, uh, I think Evan Longoria went to Long Beach. Oh, you guys are breaking up a little bit. Yo, can you hear me? There, you guys still there? Yeah. Yo. Unless he's going to... Can you hear us? Can you say that again? I think Evan Longoria went to Long Beach. He did, yeah. So did Jason Giambi. Oh, And I Jeremy, know. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jared Weaver. Jared Weaver, okay. Yeah, we've got a good baseball line. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know a couple more, but I can't recall. Tulitsky. Oh. Okay. Tulitsky. Is he a Yankee? Yeah, yeah, they got oh, him on a minimum contract. I mean, it's a good risk. I'm not complaining. We have no option with Didi getting injured, but hey. Yeah, I mean, it's a great risk. If he comes back, I mean, he's great. If not, I mean, it's a minimal contract, so. Not that I didn't believe you, Cesar, but uh-huh. they are actually the dirtbags. Yeah, they're the dirtbags. Yeah, we have different mascots for different sports. It's the only sport that we really got dirtbags, yeah. That's interesting. Right. I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's, that's like the sport we're best at. We that's actually have some national championships in that sport. Yeah, you guys have a very good baseball program. Yeah. That's got to be up there, though, with Keggy in terms of mascot names. Keggy <laughs> <laughs> the Keg, baby. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. man. Ivy League. Can't believe that. <laughs> that's, that's actually one of my neighbors went to Dartmouth. He played football there. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay. He's actually a big social media guy out here in LA or just around the country. So, all right, so we were in the middle of, uh, I guess we were talking college football, coaching carousel. I guess we could okay. talk about NFL, because it kind of bleeds into the NFL coaching carousel. Cause, we're talking uh, about uh, Kingsley or whatever the yeah, guy's name out of USC? Yeah, he, well, for like what? I'm, I'm, how long was he there? Has uh, he actually left the school was... yet, officially? <laughs> I actually, At some point, yeah. They listed it right on... Uh, Hold on, I gotta see it. ESPN or or Yahoo or. Here it is on his Wikipedia page. 
It, it lists his coaching history. So it says Texas Tech head coach from 2013 to 2018. USC offensive coordinator. Oh, did they change it? Bummer. Someone he just... was an offensive line. Offensive line. Someone just changed it in the second that I was when I was away from it, but someone said like 38 days. Uh, <laughs> they probably somebody from like Wikipedia that like, you know, got a handle of the, of the page before, you know, USC fans went to tear it to pieces. So, but, uh, what, oh, say so. What are you USC or UCLA guy? Uh, UCLA actually started my master's at the Anderson school. So, um, I'm definitely UCLA more than USC. Although a ton of my friends went to USC and they'd probably hate me for saying that. So, I mean, I'm better basketball school. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, USC was a dominant football school as I was growing up. So, I mean, I definitely, like, watched their games. I mean, I saw Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, all those guys come through. I mean, I remember even Carson Palmer. All right. So, uh, so yeah, he's he's out in Arizona now. He, he signed officially. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. official. I, just, I got out of work, so I'm a couple hours behind you guys. Yeah, we're out here in the future, dude. But uh, yeah, uh, Bruce Arians, of uh, the former Cardinals co- uh, coach, is now in Tampa Bay with the mm-hmm. Bucks, and I think Todd Bowles just signed on with them as a defensive coordinator. Yes, wow. he did. Todd Bowles, the former Jets coach. So I yeah, think that's what it's saying. They got the they got the one-two combo that I kind of hoped the Dolphins would have done, but you know, they're the <laughs> Dolphins, so they always find a way to screw it up. And as is poetic justice, his undergrad or his undergraduate college where he played football, Temple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm, I think how many coaching vacancies? I think the Jets still have a vacancy left. The Dolphins definitely do. I think the Jets just interviewed Adam Gase and probably will not hire him, but who knows? The Bengals I think still have a coaching uh, vacancy, though they might like we jokingly said they might. Jokingly, but at the same time, seriously, might hire Hugh Jackson, <laughs> which is going to be great. Okay, so here is, via the Denver Post, the teams that still have vacancies. But And remember, this was posted a few hours ago, so this may not reflect any of the changes. So Bengals, Broncos, Browns, Buccaneers, that's been filled. Yep. Uh, Cardinals has been filled. Dolphins, Jets, the Packers, and that's it. So Packers got Matt Lafleur. Yeah, they they just had Lafleur. Yeah, out in Green Bay. That's right, Matt Lafleur. All right, so make that five teams now. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of it as a Dolphins perspective. We have (laughs) probably one of the worst jobs out there, to be honest. Well, according to the Denver Post, there are four. Uh, four interviewed coaches. Dennis Allen, who's the defensive coordinator for the Saints. The uh, Eric Benimi, who is the offensive coordinator right. for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores, who's the linebacker's coach for the Pats. Right. And Chris Richard, who's the DB coach for the Cowboys. I think, because uh, I was tweeting with Doug, um, he... I mean, they had like a video of Chris Richards like hyping up his um, his um, his players, and it looked like you felt like like this sort of if 
you felt like running through a wall for the guy after you, <laughs> after hearing that. And it's kind of something Dolphins have been sorely lacking in a while. Adam Gase was kind of like a kind of a stubborn mule of a head coach. Uh, <laughs> I don't think players really liked him. Then you had Joe Philbin before that, which was, I mean, God, if you wanted to find a way to go to sleep, just listen to Joe Philbin. <laughs> I mean, God, and like just Dolphins have had kind of terrible luck, and they're gonna have to hire a first-year head coach. Uh, which is going to have us go down the cycle again, but maybe, just maybe we find somebody good, but I don't think we'll get any established coaches unless unless they do something stupid and hire like Rex Ryan or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, here's a name I'm going to throw out, and I don't know how viable this is of a name, but I feel like uh, Mike Tomlin's on like thin ice. I feel like after, like, I know a lot of it has to do with management, but after losing Le'Veon and now, Antonio all the issues Brown. ongoing with uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, that's a name that maybe in the next year or so you might want to wait on. That's, I mean, I wouldn't mind hiring Tomlin. I, I know because you know he's an experienced coach. He'll, he'll. Um, he's hard nosed. He's hard nosed. I mean, this. I mean, the Steelers rarely fire a coach, but. Well, if but you I listen mean, to Urinating Tree from his latest Days of Our Steelers video, he wants him gone yesterday. Yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean, I'm not sure that urinating tree speaks for the entire Yinzer Nation, but I imagine that there is a not insignificant number of people who feel the same. Uh, coaches wear out their welcome at some point. I mean, it's, it's, unless he actually resigns his job, which technically means he wouldn't be fired, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, urinating tree is a gift to, to all of us. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Have you heard of him, Cesar? No, I have not. You gotta look for him on YouTube. The dude is hilarious. I Um, think he might have shown him to me before. We were in Guatemala, actually. Yeah, he's he's basically he's like a, uh, for lack of a better word, and it's his word actually, and it's like um, a shit poster, if you will. That's what (laughs) basically it. But he's just brilliantly funny about it. Uh, Okay, so. Football playoffs, NFL wild card round just passed. I mean, we had four, four games. Um, I don't know which one was the best out of all of them, but I'm happy mm. the Colts were the dog. Chicago. Oh, dear oh. God. Cody Parkey. Dear it Lord. It was a block. It was a block, remember? Yeah, it's technic- Yeah, that's true. It's technically a block. It's not a missed field goal. Um, and I was, I was telling someone about this. I can't remember if it was you, but I think... That block, that tip was enough to send us to make it miss. I think it's not 100%. enough, but I've seen crazy stuff happen with just a fingertip getting on the ball. Uh, I mean, I think Jay Feely was um, analyzing it, and he he thinks that it had like that tip had nothing to do with the trajectory. Like he was gonna miss that kick anyways, regardless. Even so, I'm, I'm liable to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Chicago. I agree, I agree with that. Wind, you know, all Breeze kinds of factors. Needs a second ring. Uh, Breeze. Ne- I, okay, hold on. Before we get to that, um, so Cody Parkey misses. The Bears had their chances. I mean, poor dude. Uh, <laughs> he's seventy. He, he signed. I forgot what his contract was, but he signed for a pretty significant amount for a kicker, and he had nine million a, guaranteed, if I remember. Whew, yeah, four years. 
Yeah, so, and he had 77% this year. Like, he missed a ton of kicks. Exactly. I mean, like, Roberto Aguayo was a second-round draft pick. <laughs> no, don't, don't league, talk so. to me about Roberto Aguayo. <laughs> okay. I remember I remember that kid. That guy was perfect at Florida State as soon as he goes to Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what on earth happened to him. I, I just... That's, the yips? The yips, I guess. I mean, the sports... I mean... He needs the sports psychiatrist. He must have been the worst head case for the for the Bucks. That, I think it's the equivalent of a Markel Fultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where literally I have a better shot than Markel Fultz at this point. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't shot a basketball in a while. <laughs> but I at least know I could, you know, you know, get around the rim. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was definitely the best game. I mean. I think Chicago is up and coming. Uh, Trubisky looked really good this year, and it's amazing. Like, like you, yeah, Trubisky, you're saying. I mean, how quickly the Bears kind of just got a good team going. Well, it's like they basically copied the Rams' like uh, plan. They kind of hired a offensive-minded head coach, drafted a high pick for a quarterback. Just kind of revolved around the offense. Signed Allen Robinson. Defense looked really great this year. All those Georgia picks, and then uh, what's his name, Khalil Mack, obviously. Uh, yeah, with the Raiders, great. John Gruden's uh, great torching of the Raiders. Of course. No, I, I I don't know. I don't know why he did that. But. I think we could do a whole episode on John Gruden, <laughs> just, just on Gruden and the Raiders, because it's the team that will likely be without a home next year. But that's another topic for another that's week. A, that's that, like you said, that's a whole episode. Yeah, because on... I got some stuff to say about Vegas. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, the Bears game was great. Uh, the okay, the Colts and Texans game. Blowout. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for the Colts, but I expected a lot more from the Texans. Mm-hmm. They I mean, were. You saw, they had a lot of issues. That is. True. You saw. You saw Deshaun on the sidelines last night at Clemson. Seemed more energetic last night than he did during the game. Oh, <laughs> that is true. I, I, well, I mean, you had the benefit for the Colts that this is the third time they saw the Texans. So, and they, and especially um, Deshaun, he, I mean, what more tricks could they do at that point? It was yeah. more basically who had the better, I mean, obviously we saw who had the better quarterback. Um, yeah. When you when those mobile quarterbacks can't run, you saw it to Lamar, what happened to Lamar Jackson too. When and playoffs are different too. I mean, defenses step up. Everything is, you know, up and It's magnified. Level. It's yeah, magnified. That is true. Yeah. So, uh, you saw what happened. Andrew Luck's been here before. I mean, at least in the wild card round. So he put it together. And and the Colts are another team that um, brilliant drafting, obviously. Yeah. That offensive line was looking good. Yeah, they finally got Andrew Luck some protection. It looks like it might benefit them. They're going to go to face the Chiefs, but um, that's going to be interesting. The Chiefs obviously could go full read on us. I know, but and choke it away, <laughs> you know. And just just as an FYI, full read is a urinating tree uh, phrase. So I highly recommend you check that out. Yeah. Will do. It's but it's true, right? I mean, Andy Reid has a tendency to kind of not coach up the big moments. Definitely. Poop to bed, as we say. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go down. I guess while we have everybody, I'm just gonna since I 
have less stake in the NFL, really. I just want to get everyone's quick take on the four matchups for this week, the divisional round. Uh, but before I get to, I mean, one other question. Okay, so Lamar Jackson, do any of you guys think that they should have put in Joe Flacco? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, quite simply, yes. I mean, couldn't hit any open receivers, and, I mean, he was very limited, so why not? I say no. No, really? Yeah, I'll tell you why. You plan the whole week on your game plan for Lamar to be there. He's a different kind of quarterback. This style doesn't work up well. It's been weeks on end since it was him. You got to ride your guy because now you're putting in plans that are not, or playbooks that have not been set up specifically for Joe Flacco to be in there. Part of that, I mean, with Lamar Jackson stuff, it's run, run, run play action pass but it's not I don't feel that there would be much of a difference one because the wide receivers of the Ravens aren't that good True. two uh, the defense is playing stingy for the Chargers and then three you look at the end result where he was missing guys and it was bad but he was so close to the cusp of it until a fumble happened so if it was, was a blowout even close to like the Colts uh, Texans game then it makes more sense. But you got to remember, you're bringing in a quarterback who has a different skill set than your starting quarterback. It's not going to gel. I think it would be more of a mismanagement of the game. I think people just wanted Joe Flacco because that um, magical moment that he had in a Super Bowl run back in, what, 2012, that he had 12 touchdowns and no picks and he's going to lead us to promised land. That ain't the same Joe Flacco. You don't have the same receivers. Uh, I agree with that, but just to rebut it a little bit, at the same time, the defense was expecting the run. They were stacking the box. And, I mean, you kind of, like, go back to, like, what happened last year during the college football championship. You had Jalen Hurts, and then you bring in uh, Tua, and you bring in a different look from a running quarterback to a throwing quarterback. And, I mean, there's a massive difference. Obviously, there's a huge uh, difference between the two um, instances. But I feel like in that situation, I, I would have done it. I mean, Joey Bosa and uh, Melvin Ingram were just having, or what's his name? The other Ingram. Yeah. Just having a field day. His and Melvin, yeah. I can't remember what the running back's name is. It's There's two. Um, Mark, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah, that's Mark, right. Isn't Mark the one on Saint, uh, uh, the Saints? Yes. So. so there's the other one. There's there's two Ingrams on. But point being, yeah, I just feel like they were just stacking the box and they just had way too much there. And I, I would have gone to um, Blacko. I mean, there's nothing you could lose at that point. Um, yeah, it was a close game, but they were at home. So, I mean, you had to give them that. That's a point differential that I would take into account. But I think if they had better receivers, I would argue with it, because if they have a speedster and Joe maybe has the bigger arm. But you're dealing with Michael Crabtree, who is – he got the two touchdowns, but he's been non-existent for the season. He's really speed with hard to call. Yeah, and then John Brown, who's a boomer bust speed guy. Yeah. So he, I think the end result would have been the same at the end of the day. The charts were the one, but I'm okay with the Lamar Jackson move just because of the fact that hey, you don't want to you don't want to blow up the situation in crunch time. You lose, you lose. Someone's got to lose in playoffs, right? Yeah, it's a future move. I mean, they keep their quarterback happy, they keep him confident. Obviously, they're going to go with him for the future. Um, who knows what's going to happen to Joe? Maybe he'll go to Miami. 
that's uh well that's another topic for another day because <laughs> I, I got some stuff to say about that too but okay because actually people talked about it today but i, I didn't I, Did they, get I just brought it up out of like yeah near. but okay so the, the the next round is coming up now uh since cesar you're in la okay i am and, in and, LA. I, and now we got both la teams in the next round but first off i want to know because i know you're a rams fan but What's the feeling, what's the, the sense, or the, I guess the support for the L.A. Chargers, who seem to be the team without a real home out there? I mean, are people kind of backing them up just because they have L.A. in their name now? I think, I think your analysis is pretty apt at the beginning. They have no home. They're, they're a San Diego team. Everyone views them that way. They're here in L.A., but, I mean, if you ever look at their stadium and, like, the uh, – the color support, it's pretty obvious they don't have a fan base here. Most people who decided to watch football in L.A. went toward the Rams. Rams were good last year. They were exciting. They have a better quarterback, a younger quarterback, a younger, more exciting running back, um, a good wide receiver core. Maybe actually not even as good as uh, the Chargers, but they're more exciting. And Hey, um, what's it called? Sean McVay is a sexier head coach than um, – can't remember a guy's name and uh, yeah, a defensive coach who's actually really great, but Sean McVay is a sexy offensive mastermind. So, it, yeah, I mean that's that's my purview. But as as they've made it, I guess this far into the playoffs, has there? I mean, is there a sense of hey, rah rah Chargers, or is it just like, or just oh, I don't I don't see it. Okay, or okay, so so if you guys had an all LA Super Bowl. I mean, you guys would be happy, obviously, but it'd be more Ram-sided than Charger-sided. Yeah, I feel like if the Chargers won, it'd be kind of... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> I can't it'd imagine be, that parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who would go to that parade? I mean, where would it be held? I'd hold it in San Diego because you'd have more fans. Philip Rivers and his six kids will be there. If it was in San Diego, they'd probably be like throwing eggs at them or something. I don't That's know. That's 50% of the population, Philip Rivers six kids. So, right. I mean, they're a good team. Nothing against them. I love their defense. And they have great wide receivers. Mike Williams out of Clemson. And uh, what's the other guy's name? Out of Cal. Yeah, out of Cal. They're both great receivers. And, I mean, obviously, you got to respect the OG, Antonio Gates. But... I don't know. I would just. I, I hope they. In all honesty, I hope they lose out in this round. So then it doesn't even have to come to that. But yeah, go Rams. Okay. All right, Charles. Any expectations for any games? Hopes, um, games. Yeah, I mean, my heartstrings are gonna tug very nice if Philip Rivers beats the Patriots. <laughs> Contrary to people to want it, I find. You always kind of love the whole sheriff going off in the sunset like Manning did. I want Rivers to get his ring. You know, I have no dog in this fight since my Titans are in it. I'm just there for good football. Um, I mean, the luck, luck versus Mahomes is going to be a very fun match. Um, but, you know, Philip Rivers going against Tom Brady, they met in the championship game many, many years back. That was when the uh, his knee tore and he still played into it. I just... I just feel like the Patriots might be the segue of the Colts end up beating um, the Chiefs and they have to meet in the SC Championship. I, my heart shrinks with that because it leads to uh, Rivers finally getting his game with a crappy, uh, you know, 
with, with a crappy, like, we have no home kind of thing situation, but hey, we still did it. Because I like Anthony Lynn as a coach. Uh, he took, in his first year, they went 9-7. and seven. Second year, they're the second best team, arguably, you know, schedule-wise, or third, depending how you view Kansas City. You know, and they make it. as a wild card. Um, for the other side of it with the uh, with the um i got some technical difficulties so bear with me for a second it's all right all with, good. with the other side with uh you know the saints and all that i want to see where that takes us you know because i like the idea of philip rivers having the most complete team and forever or drew Brees. drew Brees. i'm sorry drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. yeah drew Brees getting his most complete team getting there um doing something it could be very fun. It could be very interesting because wasn't that the whole the last couple of years when they were seven and nine being salary cap hell, they could never advance it. And then I thought with them getting Teddy Bridgewater, it was the idea that maybe he's retiring, um, but he's not. So you know maybe it's that idea of one more ring and you're done, no more. So that'd be interesting. Now just to bring up something from the comments, and we apologize it took so long to get to you. But Shin said that Breeze needs a second ring. I mean, that I'd be happy for him. Um, kind of my, I guess my the bandwagon I'm I'm holding on to is the Colts, uh, yeah. just because Andrew Luck is the the quarterback that should have been the Dolphins quarterback. Uh, El Capitan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Captain Andrew Luck uh, leading his regiment across the the, the battlefield, but. Um, I'm hoping beyond all hope that the Rams can beat the Cowboys so we can kind of nip that in the bud. <laughs> we do not need the Cowboys going to a conference championship. Anybody yeah. but Jerry Jones in your Super Bowl, right? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I mean, it sucked seeing the Red Sox win the World Series. Uh, um, you're telling me. You're telling me. Yeah. A Patriots Cowboys Super Bowl will be the Super Bowl I don't watch. Oh, God. You would hope like a meteor would hit the stadium and we wouldn't have to see a champion, you know? But, yeah, go Rams, dear God, please. I, I think my Rams win. will come through. I really don't think it'll be that much of a game, in all honesty. Um, that crowd is going to be interesting, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, L.A. has a lot of Cowboy fans. I think it's the largest Hispanic population, and for some reason they associate Ooh. themselves with people in boots and hats. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Rams will come through. That defense is really good. Uh, Todd Gurley's going to be arrested. Uh, I feel like Sean McVay is going to plan really well for that game, and I really don't think it'll be close. But I've been wrong before. Shin made an interesting observation here. They said that the Saints lost the same three teams they did. I didn't catch who they is, but I assume the Colts? Uh, the Saints lost the same thing they won their first ring when they won their first three. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Oh, maybe during the regular season they lost because the the Colts or the Saints win um, thirteen and three, mm -hmm. so they must have lost to the same three teams that they won their Super Bowl against. Um, so, uh, okay, so I, yeah, that's a good preview of the NFL's next round of playoffs. But uh, Bucks, okay. Cowboys, Panthers. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, we're kind of midway through this now, kind of. Like, You're literally midway through this. So I want to... Okay, so Cesar, this is a segment uh, of our show that's we, we have a little fun, and it's called uh, A Word From Our Non-Sponsors. So every week, since we're not yet sponsored by anybody, though, although today 
one of the the companies that we did shout out beforehand actually like put a like on our page because of it we're moving on up topo chico usa uh usa the sparkling the mexican sparkling water company who was actually ah. pretty damn good i'll tell you that much you can find them i found it here in florida I found it at Whole Foods. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Um, a little expensive, obviously, but hey, man, some good sparkling water can't can't beat that. I might actually get a case next time <laughs> and have it here. We'll, just... we'll crack some open on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, you usually promote a thing we like, you know, like a service or a good or a person or something like that, and just you know basically uh, endorse something out there. So. Um, I saw you got a brand new leather bag on Instagram, but <laughs> I did. But I actually have one that's kind of going along the same lines. Well, it's not a sparkling water. When I was in Mexico a couple of years ago in Playa del Carmen, uh, we were trying to uh, stock up on Pedialyte because obviously when we were in Playa del Carmen, we were there for uh, uh, non-business reasons and to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> so uh, we stocked, uh, stocked up on Electrolit. Electrolit. Yeah, and now it's out here in LA. I see advertisements spread around the city. And so it started in Mexico, and now it's coming out here, and it's Electrolit. So, okay, so, (laughs) like lit, like L-I-T. It's lit. It's lit, lit, to quote uh, Travis Scott. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now we need to get a... uh, Oh, yeah, a a fake promo code. Yeah, we usually do, like, a fake promo code. You get 15% off whatever the hell you get. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, Electrolit. Promo uh, code Travis Scott 15. Travis Scott 15. All right, uh, who's up? Who's up? What, what I'll go up? next. Yeah. So I discovered this a couple weeks ago, and it is something really cool. And I'm not sure if you guys have heard of something called Operation Sports. It's a, it's a gaming website that's dedicated to sports. They are known for making custom rosters, uh, for instance. Like modding old sports video games? Yeah. Oh, okay. And new sports games, too. They have a whole crew that goes in every year and creates custom, up-to-date, full rosters all the way down to single-A for MLB The Show. Oh, So awesome. no random characters. It's all, everybody's been researched all the way down to the single-A level. Damn. It takes a lot of work. That's No, that's some dedication. The reason I bring them up is Operation Sports is, is creating a Madden 19 mod for college football. Ooh. Oh, that's right. So what they did is they took the 32 NFL teams and replaced them with, with 32 college teams. Most of them are from the Power 5 conferences, but a couple of other teams snuck in like my UCF Knights and Miami's in there the Hurricanes are in there FSU's in there the big schools are in there FIU sadly is not so it's cool seeing the process behind it because these people they're doing it from scratch basically they're going in through Photoshop and something called Frosty yeah Mm-hmm. And they're recreating all of these these uniforms from scratch, and I've seen the behind the scenes of it. It's just incredible. You should check it out. And I'll post a link to their their Twitter page so you can see what they're up to. They also have a Discord server where you can jump in on the fun and help them out. So the reason that they're doing this is because there's no more college like 
basketball or football games. There are no more college anymore. sports games. Period. That like lawsuit that happened. Well, in fairness, the reason is because of the NCAA, EA, EA, and all these companies are willing to say to pay money to get for the players' likenesses. The problem is the NCAA won't allow it. Mm-hmm. So all these games are nipped in the bud basically from the get go. Alrighty. So since this is not officially sanctioned, you can't stop them. That's awesome. So this is going to be incredible. They already came out with a demo of the national championship game between Clemson and Alabama. It's for PC only, but like I said, I'll post a link to it. But it's really cool stuff to check out, and I highly recommend it. Uh, sponsor code, uh, promo code is bring back NCAA football. All right, cool. Okay, Charles, what you got? All right, so your boy is old. He's stressed <laughs> out. His body don't work the way it used to when he's lifting weights. So I'm going to put this on blast a little bit for the local area where I live, but also for the viewers out there. My non-sponsored sponsor is Elements Massage because, man, I got a lot of stress in my neck and my back. A part of the membership program, 60 bucks a month, I get an hour massage. My friends can use that rate, and they will destroy you. They will mess you up in a good way. <laughs> your body needs treat yourself. You can buy all yourself the foods and the games, but what you can do on the inside? I always, I always feel good. I feel a little rested. I go monthly, and let me tell you, boys, give me about another week and that sweet spot in the middle of the month, and we're going to break my back up. <laughs> promo code is relax relax don't do it <laughs> charles always comes comes alive with this segment dude he i think he, he looks forward to it every week he does i really do <laughs> he plans it he writes it out he's got a script damn we gotta send him out to hollywood <laughs> yeah. he's welcome out here yeah dude yes all right, so last uh, but not least, okay, we're still looking for yours. Mine, oh god, I mean, mine is pretty boring actually, but it's okay. actually really helpful. Go uh, ahead, post its post it notes, mm. dude. Here, here, I'm, I'm for real. You know how forgetful I am, like, I'm terribly forgetful. I gotta write stuff down. What's my name? Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, damn it, Sagona, <laughs> uh, but still, like. Okay, so, you know, we're in law. We, we got to remember stuff. There's a bunch of stuff we got. We got like 4,000 pieces of paper all around us. And sometimes it all gets lost for me. So post-its, they come in all different shapes and colors and things. Guess what? I can, you know, align things by, by importance, by color. Hey, maybe I have red for really important stuff that I probably should, like, submit to the court. Or else, you know, somebody might not get asylum. But, you know... Uh, <laughs> Or I could have, like, blue, which is, like, the kind of stuff that I can, like, set aside. All right, fine. You know, I still got a year to file your stuff, dude, so just calm down. (laughs) (laughs) So post-its are a fantastic thing. Uh, You know, I have my, you know, $1,000 iPhone, which could have reminders on them. And I do have reminders on them, but I find it actually more helpful, the post-its, than my iPhone. Because I just ignore the, the... the reminders on my phone all the time if they pop up i just like swipe and like all right forget that i'll ignore that until later but with the post-its they're right there i, I could crumple them up but it's right on the thing that i need to do so post-its uh thanks for uh for for doing what you do um you had a oh god there was a commercial online on youtube you had this ex- incredibly gorgeous woman 
Um, I don't know what she who she, I mean she's probably out in LA. So Cesar, you can stalk her for me. But whoever she is from that Posa commercial, I want to know who she is. Um, not for any nefarious reasons, but I just want to know. Right. <laughs> right. Promo code um, stalking. <laughs> All right. So uh, that took an interesting turn. I always make it. I always make a dark turn, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I always make a dark turn. Okay. Just to keep people on their toes. All right, so we are um, we are over an hour into this that's, wonderful show. That's true, but uh, since Cesar requested it, he wanted me to save the NBA topics. So we are gonna get to the NBA topics now because uh, we got some stuff to say about mm-hmm. uh, what's going out on out in Minnesota and really what the hell is going on with Jimmy Butler because uh. uh, he seems to be just laying waste to franchises now for some reason uh i don't know who wants to talk about it but go ahead jimmy butler what's he doing out in philly i'll start off i mean we'll touch on both like mini and uh, philly i mean one of my best friends is a minnesota fan die hard from from uh, sacramento but somehow ended up minnesota fan i think it was a kg stuff but I mean, I've always liked the guy. He's a great player, talented, loved him in Chicago, hard worker. Always thought he would be a good number two for Derrick Rose if Derrick Rose wouldn't have gotten hurt. I I mean, I understood why he wanted to leave uh, Minnesota. Uh, I saw Carl Anthony Towns. Dude wasn't putting in the work he had to. Andrew Wiggins is a waste of talent sometimes. He'll have a great game like he did against the Lakers. And then next day he'll put up three points and uh, have no rebounds and assists and five turnovers. So I understood him wanting to leave, along with getting run to the ground by uh, Thibodeau. But, I mean, now he's in Philly. He's got a talented core, Embiid, um, Simmons, uh, Marco Holtz and Bench, right? Is he talented? Um, and, I mean, he, Coach Brown's a great coach. I, I don't see what's going on. I mean, obviously you're going to have less use in that offense because the focal point should be Joel Embiid. I mean, the top in my opinion, top five NBA player. I mean, he's one of the most talented people I've ever seen in this game. The guy who's that big, that athletic, who shoot that well, and he's basically Hakeem Olajuwon reincarnated. So I'm sorry, you're not going to get the touches that he gets. I mean, he just needs to focus on his role, play some defense, uh, make some spot-up shots, and shut up. I, I think Jimmy Butler, the dude is a self-made guy. Okay, he really is. Yeah, but his story of Marquette was pretty, pretty uh, inspiring. But, but I think maybe that's because he's been having to work so hard for everything in his life, and now he's gotten to a point where he, where he's so successful. But at the same time, he doesn't realize that he's not really the elite of the elite in the NBA because he's not. He's Maybe top 15, but if you're saying top 15, maybe with, within that 15 to 10 range, you would say. Like, you could name 10 other players that are better than him. So, I, I, I think he, he's having a bit of a struggle as to, like he said, his, like, where he is in his place in the NBA. Like, he is not, he's not going to be the number one option for Philly. He's just not. Okay? You got a monster in Joel Embiid. You're going to use that option more more ways than one uh so jimmy butler kind of needs 
if he can't handle that, because after a while he was number one in Chicago, and then he goes to Mini and he can't deal with the you know the, the those darn kids, and then he goes to Philly and he's not the number one option. So, I mean, could it be just like his ego his ego can't take it and he needs to go someplace else where he would be the number one option, like um, <clears throat> Miami. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know. It just might be that he just can't handle it. He just can't take that he's not number one. I, I don't get what's the issue now. He's on a good team. He's got great teammates around him. He's got a good coach. What's the issue? You know? I think he's stuck in an old era of one man can make a team and take you far. And, you know, Caesar for way of background, we had talked about like the third or fourth episode that I was on that I don't think Jimmy Butler was going to make as monumental of an impact on the Sixers and I still feel that way. One of it is because if you're going to try to be the main focal point and make money, you need to be stats all over the board. 25 points a game, 6 rebounds, 6 assists and you're not going to kind of get that with this kind of offense and free-flowing and then two, the personality dynamic with him and the other guys doesn't work because you trade him from many and he had problems with Towns and Butler, I'm not Butler, but uh, Wiggins about F word. And now you're going to young guys because Joel is good. You know, he's, he's fantastic, really, when you think about the way he plays. Ben Simmons is just there. He scores, but the guy has no jump shot outside of like. He, he needs to dumb Kendall Jenner. That's all he needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you're talking about Jimmy Butler when he was drafted, what second rounder. He had to earn his keep. He had to craft his game, develop it. So do you want to be that? coach or do you want to be a player because if you're going to be stuck in that era one guy could take you to the playoffs and the finals it doesn't work like that anymore um so you got to learn to be the team player or you have to learn to be coachable and sometimes you need to be both i don't know if it's so much of ego i think he's very competitive which is good but you know if you smell poop it's still poop so you need to change your stuff and get away with it yeah, I, and I, just be better, not be bad for the team. Yeah, well, um, hopefully we'll get uh, him taking all the third stringers and Markel Fultz and beating uh, <laughs> Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in in practice. But uh, damn. Okay, so Tibbs is fired is fired in Minnesota. Um, probably, he, I think he's the last of the 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 hybrid coach GMs out there. I think he's the last Ooh. one. Yeah, I mean, there was Flip Saunders for a while, and then he passed away, yeah. R.I.P. Um, Stan Van Gundy was fired. Yeah. So, uh, I think Doc was the only one left. Yeah, no, Doc actually got GM this year. Yeah, that's right. They they oh, okay. He's only the head coach now. Yeah, and Cause... they're actually doing pretty well themselves, so. so I mean, yeah, I think it was less. Yeah. I, I mean, Tibbs is a good coach, but I, I don't know if his coaching style has – evolve with the game not anymore i mean it kind of just got stuck in the past and i mean with that chicago team if it wouldn't have been for d rose getting hurt you never know what could have happened you had Lou all dang when he was actually still usable uh joking noah in his prime i mean you had some decent pieces there but yeah i mean you never know what would it what could have been but at this point in time with that roster i mean you need to focus more on uh, free flowing offense, and they didn't. And I mean, when you have D Rose handling the ball as much as he did, I, I don't get me started on how much I love D Rose. Comeback player of the year right now. Back. Yeah. 
But at the same time, you do have Carl Anthony Towns, who, again, another big, he's like a unicorn. You need to use that. And when you're just letting it go to waste, uh, yeah, I mean, something has to happen. And obviously, Thibs had to go. I mean, he was wearing down his players. I understand the hard practices, but consideration of, like, the way that the schedules are this year or just in the last couple of years and the amount of practice, I mean, you're wearing down your players. And, I mean, the youth, especially when you're paying them as much as you are, you've got to keep them in decent shape. And I, I think Madden finally figured out that it wasn't going to work out, at least in the long term. I just don't know why they decided to just not start off with firing him. Going on into the season, they knew Jimmy wanted to be gone. You trade him, you put him at a disadvantage because it already showed that there was contention between him and Scott Glenn and everybody else in between. So you make him go through this stalemate for a while. Trade for guys who could role players, maybe some stars, but not phenomenal in uh, Sarek and Covington, I believe. And then you fire him on ceremoniously after you won 22 by 22 the night before. You know, against my Lakers. Against your Lakers. And so it, it... I don't know if it's classless. I don't know if it's just what needed to happen. It's just it, the moment you should have fired him was the moment he said, we're not trading Jimmy. Says we're in Jimmy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not helping. Because you got to remember, that does impact top down from everybody in the office, the front office, and the players. They're seeing it, they're seeing the strain, all that stuff. If it's not working, you know, what? don't don't prolong it. The inevitable. I, I think. Well. One, one, it's the the wolves who just can't seem to get it together since KG left. <laughs> uh, I think there's a this NBA season is kind of like a transition season because this we might get the breakup of the Golden State Warriors after this. So Please. a lot of yeah. a lot of teams, especially in the Western Conference, need to position themselves for that moment because if KD decides to head out east, that changes the dynamic a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, you got LeBron already, <laughs> already trying to recruit people during the season. Yeah. Uh, you got the you got teams that are up and coming. You got the Denver Nuggets. You got the the, the Sacramento Kings of all teams. Uh, the 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 LA Clippers. The and the Wolves. The the, the New Orleans Pelicans are trying to keep Anthony Davis. So you got to find a way to position yourself to keep the the young stars that you got. And make sure that hey, once the Warriors are broken up, we gotta go because this this opens up the Western Conference mm-hmm. like like that, because every other team suddenly becomes viable, uh, especially in the West, uh, the Houston Rockets, the LA Lakers, the Clippers. Uh, it, uh, you got these young stars out in Minnesota. If you attract one or two guys out there, a good coach, you might be rolling next season. But I mean, wasn't that the point of Jimmy Butler when he had the young players? Well, I mean, he attracted the big, but, or he didn't attract and traded for the big star. Well, I mean, the idea, I mean, the idea was, oh, well, Jimmy kind of put, like, uh, Jimmy kind of messed up that that whole thing for the for the for the Wolves. But you know, it is what it is. The, it was kind of like an outside thing that came out of nowhere, really, for everyone. So, but at the same time, the Wolves kind of have to work with what they got. 
So, all right, so we'll let go of Tins. We'll kind of sort of mini transition on the fly right now. I'll get an interim coach and, and see what we can do in the offseason. Maybe we can get a, a good coach to attract. I think they're actually going to keep that guy, uh, Saunders' kid. I think they're going to keep him just out really? of sign of respect. Yeah, I mean, Flip was there, and, I mean, he did pretty well, and I think it just had a sign of respect to the dad. I think they'll keep, uh, keep his kid. I can't remember what the uh, kid's name is, but. I feel like they'll keep them. I've heard rumors that they will, and I just think it makes sense. If I mean, if he's the right guy for the job, I, I you know, obviously, and he obviously he does care about the wolves uh, on a on a more sentimental level, and maybe uh, because you know he he is a connection to Flip, that'll Ryan resonate Saunders. with the players. So, oh, okay, so that's his name. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he'll he'll connect with the players in that way. So. The, the, the Wolves are just trying to find a way to, you know, keep their guys there and make their make themselves a viable landing spot for um, some future free agents in the coming offseason if the Warriors really do break up. Um, I mean, just to touch on this, like I actually didn't know this about the kid, but I, when I called him a kid, I mean, he's older than me, but not by much. He's 32 <laughs> years old, so he's younger than most, a lot of NBA players. I mean, I think this is kind of like going to like the NFL kind of uh, that 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 motto of uh, hiring young and trying to see if they can associate with the players better, and especially in a league like the NBA where you do have 18, 19 year olds coming to the league and then 20 year olds actually succeeding. I think it's not the worst thing to do have a player coach like this who has the bloodline uh, of his dad, Flip Saunders, and I mean has been in the game for probably his entire life. So uh, I think I, I don't see it as a negative. I really don't. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing him succeed there. And uh, based on what I'm reading, he is an analytical guy. So it's not like he's like just an old school coach like a, a Tom Thibodeau. But he did get training under him. So we'll see. I mean, I think it would be a decent uh, to keep him, a decent thing to keep him. And uh, you never know. We might have a, a coaching dynasty there. Yeah. I mean, if I'm chiming on that real quick, if you want to get guys back from Minnesota, very simple. If you're going to keep the Saunders legacy, you find something for Kevin Garnett to do. <laughs> you yeah. see that a lot. No, but you see that a lot in basketball. Magic himself. You know, and the big ticket was the heart and soul to Minnesota. He can definitely, if there's anybody that you want to guide towns, there you go, on how to rebound, how to play with it, how to play in the post, and That's just, awesome. you know, you can find a role for him. Yeah, and try, oh man, you know, honey nut Cheerios, tell Carmel Anthony that, he still freaks out. Um, <laughs> so that's just my, you chiming in on what you could do with that. If you're going to kind of have somebody kind of relate to players or help develop them, there you go. All right. So, uh, let's see, what else we got on here? Because, uh, Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I posted a a couple days ago my All Star ballot. Um, so uh, Luka Doncic, I think uh, was it um, Doncic? Uh, Cesar, you said that he's I have good. I actually looked it up. Yeah. Yeah, I found but, it. Yeah. So you think I, I obviously voted with my heart for two of those picks. I picked Dwayne Wade obviously because it's his last season. And then I picked uh, Donkic because, look, he's. it'd be nice to have a rookie there. Uh, he's obviously the future of the Mavs. I like that he's learning under Nowitzki. It's, 
it's the perfect scenario. I mean, yeah. the Mavericks are doing it right. They have their old star basically handing the torch over to their new one. It's something that not even the Heat are doing right now. Dwayne Wade yeah. is just having his little party right now. It would be nice <sighs> to see a final all-star appearance. Uh, probably one last time against LeBron uh, on a court. And unless they meet in the finals by some miracle. Um, so the, it's, it's beautiful what the Mavericks are doing. I, I just want to reward the kid with an all-star appearance. But the rest of my picks are basically guys no-brainers uh paul george dear god paul george man he's been balling out dude i coming back from such a catastrophic injury too after like it's amazing that he's doing so well right now like it's a testament to the guys who put him back together and and his work ethic the dude has earned it yeah, definitely agree. And I mean, you want to know something after seeing that, like, Luka Doncic and, like, actually seeing some of his highlights and seeing him play against Lakers a couple of days ago. I mean, he can ball. I, 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 I already knew that. But I mean, some of these moves that he's doing as a 19-year-old, I mean, that's, it's pretty insane. That's crazy, he's 19. Yeah, so I, I won't, I won't disagree as heavily as I did as the other day. And same thing with the D Wade one. I think that was just like a shock factor. But I remember, yeah, like you said, he's your Kobe. He's not Kobe, but he's your Kobe. I mean, Dwayne Wade has done, a, I mean, a, a number of amazing things. I think uh, there was a recent stat that they posted up that if he is only one of like, like three players that have done like this sort of stats, and it was him. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like yeah, I mean, he's efficient. He's all more efficient than Kobe was. He's a great defensive player for his height. He's what six four. The yeah, I mean, and he's he's the fact that he's made such an emphasis on defense. He's got a ton of blocks. Um, yeah, a ton of steals. So he's been probably one of the better all around players um, in the last generation. Other than a shooting percentages from three point land, yeah, I agree yeah, with you. that's true. That's true, but but that was never his game beforehand. Anyways, I mean, he always just drove to the rim. He he took a lot of abuse when he was younger, so that kind of affects his affects him now. Had he played a little differently, maybe he'd last a few more seasons. But um, definitely want him in the All Star game. Then the rest are you know Anthony Davis and um, uh, KD, KD, Steph Curry, um, Joel Embiid. Uh, who else did I put on that list? Oladipo, maybe. Not sure. I don't think you put Oladipo on your list. But it was yours was D Wade Kemba. Giannis, yeah, Kemba. Yeah, Kemba. Kemba's kind of. I mean, both that he's he's bowling out this season, and obviously it's being hosted in Charlotte, which would be nice to see a hometown guy there or home. Yeah, home team guy. So. Yeah, um, one of the ones I'm looking at that I think is very deserved. And doesn't get as much mentioned just because he's not a flashy guy. And this is in the West Coast. Uh, Steven Adams. I think the guy is just a monster. Yeah, Aquaman. Obviously doesn't, doesn't get, basically, doesn't get the, the um, credit he deserves. I mean, the guy is just, when you watch him on the court, I know his stats don't speak for him all the time. But then you do look at his plus minus, which is one of my favorite stats to look at. And it's just, it's insane when he's not on the court. Yeah, the NBA uh, has uh, become very plus-minus heavy lately. It's it's a hockey stat. That I love transition. that stat. 
um, hockey doesn't transition as well anymore. It's not used as much. But in the NBA, it's it's actually one of the better stats to, to look at a player's impact on the on the floor. I definitely think it's a pretty telling sign. I mean, you look at like players like um, younger players, and like I'm going to use an example in LA, Josh Hart plays defense, can shoot three, and then you look at plus minus, and it's again pretty telling of just like the effort. And the same thing with someone like Paul George, who gets like two to three steals a game, um, makes a high percentage of his three pointers, and he has a great plus minus. And then you look at someone like uh, uh, what's called Russell Westbrook, who yeah has all around great stats, but his plus and minus isn't nearly as good as PG. So <laughs> he shoots like three, makes three shots in out of 22 attempts. So yeah, let's talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, but then he grabs like 12 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean. Still, still one of the more interesting like case studies that will come along ever. Uh, I want to chime in real quickly on the Stephen Adams. I like the idea. It's just so hard for the all-star ballot to have a pure center voted in. Um, they really want that versatile guy. The only one I can remember currently off the top of my head was like DeAndre Jordan. That's because it was Knob City. Um, Adams is very good. Very I'm sorry. Oh, Demarcus. Yeah. Yeah. Before he started, even he expected. Yeah, but you know, but here's the he knew he can get the crap. Adams has been in the league for like five years, and you know what he's about. He can't build that. But uh, yeah, Adams is good. But you're you're not gonna have it in today's modern time. It's just kind of sad. Yeah. Oh well. His nastiness just. I mean, there's. I think out of anyone in the NBA. If you were ever going to get in a fight with someone, it would the least likely, or the least the person you'd want to at least get in a fight with is probably Stephen Adams. I feel like he would just like tear apart an entire family and just eat your heart. Him and uh, was a James Johnson on the Heat because uh, yeah, well, he's a UFC fighter. Yeah, he yeah. like knows jujitsu and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I just feel like Stephen Adams would just go tribal and just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> just rip your eyes out of your socket. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, gosh, so all-star voting, uh, okay, so we're about, about, what are we? We have 30 minutes left. Oh, wow, 30 minutes left, okay, so, actually, I want to get to another segment that we do kind of every week, uh, these are players we remember to forget, players <laughs> we forgot to remember, uh, just players we, we, not to disrespect them or anything like that, or not that we don't remember them, but just players that you kind of have lost your memory of and then you kind of get reminded of them and just a flood of nostalgia as charles would would say so i mm -hmm. actually have two um this week and you guys can piggyback and think of other guys we just go down the rabbit hole of former uh, uh professional athletes so m the first one because a new cesar would be here is raul mondesi mm. yeah okay i just want to talk about raul mondesi uh very well-known player back in the 90s to early 2000s. Uh, he, his son actually plays now for the Royals. Yeah. Uh, Alberto. I think he's like the number one prospect, isn't he? Or I, was? Yeah, I think, I think so. And, uh, well, his father is actually in prison now. <laughs> so, Raul's in prison? Yeah, and that's why I picked him. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. That's why I picked him, because it's his... His story kind of takes a dark turn after a while. Mm -hmm. um, he's not like like Ugeth Urbina in prison where he murdered a guy, but <laughs> right. you know he's still in prison. 
so uh, Raul Mondesi is obviously from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Played 13 seasons, so. mostly with uh, Cesar's LA Dodgers. Didn't he go to your Marlins at one point? Uh, I don't I'll think so. Up. I don't think so. No, he played actually, for the Yanks. I'm looking at it now. No, he did not. He played for, for Charles's Yanks. He played for, okay, here we are. The Toronto Blue Jays. The Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, the Pirates, the Angels, the Braves, and the yep. Yankees. Made a cameo in Rookie of the Year. The the, the movie? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- had one of the greatest arms in all of sports. Dude, had a there, was, there was a, um, a montage where you see Rowan Gardner striking everybody out. Uh-huh. He had... Um, uh, he had uh, Barry Bonds back when he was playing for the Pirates. Okay. You had um, another, it's not Vlad Guerrero, it's his older brother, I think. Vlad Guerrero? Vlad Guerrero? Are you talking about Martinez? The Martinezes? Ramon, maybe? No. no well, but he, they were pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Keep going, I'll look it up. Okay, so, alright, so Raul Mondesi uh, played 1,525 games in Major League Baseball. Okay, he had 271 home runs. He had a um, let's see. He had a batting average of 273, 331 on base percentage. Uh, retired in 2005 at the age of 34. So I think okay. So the the where it takes a turn is I think around 2006 or 2007. He actually uh, went back to the, to the to the Dominican and became a politician. Okay. Uh, I think he was, he was the yeah he, not, yeah he, basically oh, good job dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, he was the mayor of uh, I forgot what city was called maybe the city where he's from San Cristobal. So he he uh, became the mayor. And I think last year was it either it was last year or 2017 he was um, uh, charged with corruption. Uh, <laughs> and so I think he's. He was sentenced to eight years in prison. So Raul Mondesi is currently in prison. His son uh, is actually Raul Mondesi Jr., but I think he changed his name to Aldo Alberto. So I'm not sure if it's because of you know any sort of schism he had with his dad. I I think that's a fairly safe assumption. So I'm <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure, but uh, you know who, maybe someone will ask him, but. I don't think he'll go down that train if he if he is asked that. But yeah, his son is actually a, a top prospect for the Royals, and uh, made his debut last season, right? Twenty eighteen. But um, it's, you know you know what makes me feel really old is seeing these guys: Raúl Mondesi Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., all these guys' yeah. sons. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, all these guys' sons are playing baseball now at a professional level, and I'm like. I, I feel old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and just to going back to what I was saying, I was incorrect. Uh, Mondesi was not in rookie of, the year. rookie of the year, but the three players were, and I was correct. There was a Guerrero, but not related to Vlad. It was Barry Bonds. Was it Wilton Guerrero? Pedro. Oh, okay. Pedro. The uh, doctor. So Barry Bonds, Pedro Guerrero, and Mister Met himself. Mr. July 1st is his happiest day of the year. Oh, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> uh, 
and we'll get to the Bobby Bonilla thing in July because that's oh, that could take up the whole episode. That's a lovely holiday, Bobby Bonilla Day. Although one of our uh, one of our next remember to forget should be Pedro Guerrero because he also has an interesting twist to his career after he retired. Damn, nice. I'll save that for next week. Uh, you guys have any other players? Go down the rabbit hole. A former. I got one. Who? <laughs> And it was going to also be my secret, secret non-sponsor sponsor. sponsor. <laughs> um, and you'll find out why. He hasn't really done anything now, but it's about what he's done before. So my or not, my uh, player to forget was Najee Davenport, who was a running back for the Green Bay Packers. His name comes to mind because, you know, I play Madden every now and then. I just remember one of my things that I do is I just kind of put a sub-replacement halfback in there and just running down people's throats mm-hmm. he came out of the fourth round from the university of miami so okay. this is why it's very relevant um drafted by packers he was on green's backup didn't really do much with his career but i gotta tell you about his legal troubles oh, um no. so this is from wikipedia so prior to henry the nfl's draft davenport allegedly broke into the dorm room of a very university woman and defecated in a laundry basket <laughs> on april 1st 2002 <laughs> A woman in the room told police she was startled by a strange grunting sound <laughs> and observed Davenport in a squatted position, evacuating his bowels in a laundry hamper. It gets dusted up everything, but what cracked me up was I didn't know that. And the nickname that they gave him for his rookie year, because, you know, he's getting hazed by his guys, was Dookie and the Dump Truck. <laughs> so my secret non-sponsor sponsor is Charmin, because when you got to go, get some backup. <laughs> I gotta say that Dookie and the Dump Truck sounds like the new buddy cop comedy. <laughs> <laughs> or like a, one of those like radio uh, radio hosts in the morning. Yeah. Like Dookie Opie and Anthony, and the dump truck. Uh, Paul and Young Ron over here in Miami. So, uh, what was it again? It was Duke, uh, Dookie, Dookie and the and Dump, dump truck. truck. Yeah. <laughs> At 6 a.m. <laughs> All right, and my I had a second guy, but All right. I don't know if anybody asked anybody else. But uh, I'm gonna save uh, mine for next week because it popped up with the Nick Saban thing. I, I had to look up JP Lossman. Mm. Okay, yeah. I have no idea who on earth that is. JP but... Lossman, uh, former Buffalo Bills, right? yeah, wow. Buffalo Bills quarterback, actually from LA. Mm, okay. wow. Went to Los Angeles Venice High School. Uh, I played at Tulane, and actually, he actually started out at UCLA, and then I guess he transferred to Tulane, <laughs> and then uh, was uh, played for the Buffalo Bills, the Las Vegas Locomotives. Ooh, right. What What is that? I think that's USFL. What? Hold on, hold on. I got to look this up. Now I'm going down the rabbit hole. This is what happens. I'll look it up. The UFL. What the hell is the oh, UFL? Oh, right. There was a league that lasted for like two or three years called the UFL, the United uh, Football League. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. Lasted for, I think, two or three years. Yeah. The only reason 2007. Th- oh, it was... Can you guess the reason why I know this? Uh, why? There was a team in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every failed league has a team in Orlando for some reason. Actually, yes. The USFL had a team in Orlando. What about um, the XFL? They surprisingly didn't, unbelievably. Wait. But they're coming back. Maybe but they won't be up. in Orlando this time. Yeah, yeah t- 2009 to 2012. The AAF has a team in Orlando. In Orlando now. 
and Vince McMahon, well, maybe he'll expand once the league really catches on fire in the XFL. <laughs> you know what? The original XFL did have a team in Orlando. What? The Orlando Rage. So th this is this is a bad sign for the AAF because every failed sports league, football league, has had a team in Orlando. So just teams go to the Citrus Bowl to die. Pretty much. <laughs> That's great. So if your team, if a team ever relocated in the NFL to Orlando, just just pack just pack them up, just fold the team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, JP Lossman. He he played for the Bills from 2004 to 2008. Handed uh, the last terrible loss to Nick Saban in 2006. Um, <laughs> he played for, okay, the Las Vegas Locomotives, the Oakland Raiders, because if you're going to be a terrible quarterback, <laughs> you got at least make one stop in Oakland, right? I'm having run resume. Exactly. So uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And, of course, what better way to be a terrible quarterback than to play for the Miami Dolphins yeah. at the end of his career in 2011. So... He led the AFC in the he had the longest pass in the AFC in 2007. He threw an 85-yard pass. That was the longest one for that season. Um, oh, that's surprising. I mean, that was the perfect season by well, actually not perfect season, but the undefeated regular season of the Patriots with uh, Brady and Randy Moss. So I'm surprised they didn't connect for something long like that. Yeah, that's interesting. He uh, was the second-team All-Conference USA in 2003. And right now, he's actually a coaching intern for Clemson. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. So he, he, might, he might actually get some hardware after, after all this, you know, at the hands of Nick Saban again. <laughs> so J.P. Lossman's my other guy. So that's it. That's all I got. Anybody you guys want to look up old forgotten players? I'll have one next week. This week wasn't prepared for that one just yet. <laughs> Yeah, but man, I'm gonna have a good one with uh, with Pedro Guerrero. That will be fun. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna toss one in, like just off the top of my head. Yeah. We were talking about Guerrero, and I said Martinez. What about uh, Pedro's long lost forgotten brother, Ramon? Oh, that's right. There was um there was a video on SB Nation. Yeah. About the Martinez brothers' beef with um. Pedro Martinez and Mike Piazza, and Mike Piazza. That's right. Uh, we're, we're, we're having, a, yeah, we're having a Dodgers episode this week. <laughs> Thanks to Cesar. I'm here. I'm so, here. so yeah. So when um Raul, when um Ramon and Pedro were at the um I think the Dodgers were the first team to have a like a, a development camp in in the um Dominican that's right in La uh -huh. Republica Dominicana yeah <laughs> good job dude yeah yeah i got to send you to some uh some of my individual well, appearances dude yeah. make some appearances for me <laughs> uh so uh Mike Piazza got into the camp with them because obviously i think his like parents were like in with Tommy Lasorda he couldn't cut it in the U.S. Yeah, so he, so he they his family snuck him into the Dominican Republic camp, and that's where he came up. Money, money, money. So, but um, he had some issues because he didn't speak a lick of Spanish, and obviously he was catching, so he had to deal with the Martinez brothers. Uh, Ramon obviously gets called up to the major leagues, Mike Piazza as well, and then obviously Pedro. Uh, and I guess there was some sort of schism still between Piazza and those guys, and 
and apparently Piazza and Latin players in general, like he had an issue with them. You know, he couldn't speak Spanish. He didn't feel like he had to be forced to learn Spanish. So the Martinez brothers kind of had a beef with him after that. And then it kind of grew up to a, to something bigger because of an alleged quote by Mike Piazza about like Pedro Martinez getting a big payday from like the Red Sox. Uh, or when he was with the Expos and he was a free agent um, and the Red Sox were going to give him a big payday. Right. So pay, uh, I think Mike Piazza was like, man, that little, uh, I think it was like, that little shit's going to get that much. Um, I, I should get more or something like that. And Mike Piazza obviously did. He got, I think at the time he got the largest contract with the Mets and then um, Pedro got the largest with the with the Red Sox, and I think then after that, like, Kevin Brown got, like, the $100 million contract for the Dodgers, mm-hmm. so he put that to bed for everybody, but, um, yeah, uh, and then I think they're good now, now that, you know, they're both in the Hall of Fame, so, but what's Ramon doing now? Because I know what Pedro's doing, he's on TV. Pedro is on TV. That's a good question. I should have probably looked that up as we were talking, but let's see. Because he's probably just living off his big bro now. But our little brother wasn't. Uh, but Ramon was a pretty good pitcher in the in the beginning. He, he was actually he was re- really good when he started off, and I mean, hence the reason when his little brother came in, most people were like kind of incredulous to see if two of them were going to be as good. As yeah, uh, he had a twenty and six year, uh, his third year in the league, two nine two ERA, twelve complete games, three shutouts. Wow, and back in the day. Turns out they actually had a third brother. It was uh, it was in order of age. Uh, Ramon. Wait, hold on. No, there are four. Oh, so is so it like the Manning brothers, where you kind of or forget the there's another one? So you had Ramon, Pedro, you had Nelson, and Jesus. Did they all play baseball? Uh, apparently, Jesus did, but he only got called up to the majors. Once and never actually played. For what team? Yes. Dodgers? Okay. <laughs> okay. Alright, so it's kind of like the lost Manning brother. You know, that third yeah, one. That... The, the Molinas. There was like four Molinas at least. Yeah. yeah. Benji. Um... Yadier. Jose. And then there was one that didn't make it, I think. Yeah. Obviously, Yadier is the most successful of them. Yeah, nowadays. I mean, before it was, what's his name, Benji? Yeah, it was Benji. Played for the Rays. Who actually hit for the cycle. Really? Oh, he, yeah, I remember that. He hit for the cycle once, and the last one he needed was the triple, and he somehow legged it out. Wow. <laughs> so, there are... Okay, so Molina has two older brothers. Uh, Yadier has mm-hmm. Benji and Jose. Um... They're only they are the only trio of brothers to play as catchers in the majors. Um, cool. No younger brother. I'm looking. It'd be nice if he was a pitcher, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It looks like it's just the three Molinas. Okay. Uh, All righty. So three Molinas. Too much. All righty. So okay, that's nice fun trip down the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, so. I think we get to we're kind of heading towards the end of this. Uh, we have our a segment that Andrew already lo- always looks forward to. <laughs> so as we all know, 
there's about four billion college basketball teams out there. That's why March Madness is one of the most beautiful things in the world. But it also means that we have no idea where the hell these schools are, are nor what they're called. <laughs> so we play a little game called Guess That College Team Name, where Andrew, basically, uh, we, we look at the matchups for today. Obviously, we have uh, Duke playing uh, Wake Forest right now, and they are already winning 75-51. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, I think Florida, I th Florida State is number 13 in the country right now, and we got to face them this week. Uh, we face them at home at least, and we have a tendency to beat Duke when they're either number one or number two in the country at home. So hopefully that trend continues. Uh, so Andrew, do you have uh, what do you got for us? We had some really obscure ones last week. We actually had the Florida National University Conquistadors, mm -hmm. <laughs> FNU, which is a school that we barely knew existed, and it's actually in Miami. <laughs> so. Not a lot of uh, good pickings today, but I'll see if I can pull anything out. You have any kangaroos? Any? <laughs> no, there's literally teams called the kangaroos out there. Right. Pull something out of the pouch. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. You you would think they'd have like a turnover pouch if they had a football team, right? <laughs> it's everybody's copying the turnover chain. All right, so let's see what we got here. Let's start with. I'll have to come back to this one because I couldn't find the nickname. So let's start with Brown versus Canisius. Brown, you like Ivy League? Yes. Brown. I'm gonna University. guess Canisius is on the East Coast somewhere. It's definitely not gonna be on the West Coast. Canisius is located in. Man, if only uh, uh, Mr. Boston University fan was here, he would know who these guys are. Oh. Is there a, a hockey team? Uh, uh, so Canisius is located. I haven't even heard of Canisius, and I kind of sort of follow college hockey, but okay. They are located in Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay. Ah. All right. No wonder nobody knows. Uh, so, sorry, Buffalo. <laughs> so, it is an animal. What Canisius or Brown? Oh, let's start with Brown then. Okay. Which is also an animal. Ivy League. Other than Keggy, they're kind of kind of. You know, cliche, kind of boring. So, eagles or something of that nature. Princeton has like the tigers, right? Princeton so, tigers, yep. Yale is like the bulldogs or something. That is correct, and that just took away one of my answers. So oh, thanks a lot. Perfect. Uh, so I'm brown. Okay, okay, it is an animal. So Cesar said eagles. Is it eagles? No. Okay, so animal. some kind of bird. It's a land-based animal. Land-based. Mm. Uh, is it a bull? Correct. It is the brown bears. Wow. Brown bears. Ooh. Okay, that makes sense. Wait. Okay. That makes sense. It's it's not the brown brown bears. It's just the brown bears. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if they were the brown bears. It'd be the brown brown bears. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to our our Canisius. fellows in uh, upstate New York. We've got Canisius. It is a mythological creature. Damn. And not just that, but it is a colored version. In this case, kind of like golden gophers. Like a like ah. a the pink unicorns or something? <laughs> right. It's it has a color in front of it. Okay, so it's the not golden the golden centaur. That, I was gonna I was thinking a centaur as so Centaur? No. Okay, so it Dang. Okay. Dragon, maybe blue dragons? No. Okay. Okay, let me get the color right. Is it red? No. Oh damn. It's green? No. 
white. Yellow? Here's a hint. Your <laughs> undergraduate and your law school alma mater have this one color in common. So it's... Uh, gold? Yes. Okay, so, so yeah, we heard golden. Did you? Or no, that was for the golden eagle. I don't know what it was. But whatever. Okay, gold. Gold so, mythological creature? Golden mm, mythological creature. So not centaur. No. Troll? No. <laughs> Trolls. <laughs> Minotaur? Um, I'll give you another hint. It is the... It is the... And it's just Kraken. No, I wish. <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be an awesome mascot, Kraken. Uh, no one wants to do alliteration. Um, it is an alliteration, though, actually. Ah. So it, it does begin with the letter G. Um, what's a mythological creature that starts with G? Need one more hint? Um, yeah, sure. Ghosts? I don't know. Uh, uh, last hint, it is the last name of a popular animated family of animated family a family guy okay Peter a golden griffin the golden oh, griffins okay. the canciest golden griffins okay well, who's winning the game <laughs> um brown is beating can uh, canisius by one 79 to 78 with under two minutes to go okay uh so you stole mine thanks a lot um, so it's the Yale Bulldogs defeated the Skidmore College. Skidmore College? Where the hell is wow. that? Saratoga Springs, New York. Okay. Skidmore, let's go back to your uh, Charmin, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, so. <laughs> the rolls, that's my guess. The rolls. Skidmore College. Skidmore College. Saratoga. Uh, it is another animal. Okay. It, it's, it's, it is a common animal. It is a domesticated animal. So it's a, but it's, it's not the word that you'd think of. But it is... Canine? No. Okay. Is it a canine? It is... Of, it is in the equine family. So it's a horse. So it's a type of horse. Uh, oh, oh, man, I don't know. Skidmore Stallions. No. Dang it. That was a good guess. That would be a good one, though, the yeah. Skidmore Stallions. Yeah, nobody likes alliteration like Charles said. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, though. Skidmore Stallions, uh, okay, so horse. Broncos? No. Okay. Mm, that was a good one. Skids, okay, what else? What are other horse breeds? Uh, Mustang. No. Oh. It's it's a term that you'll hear used more when it comes to horse racing. Thoroughbreds? Yes. Oh. The Skidmore Thoroughbreds. Also known as the T-Breds. Oh, there's a... I think Hialeah High School is called the Thoroughbreds. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I pass by there every once in a while. Alright, next up... That sounded creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you'll get uh, go on to something else because I want to. This is a good one here, and I want to try and All get right, the so, answer to it. I mean, we're one fifty in. Uh, we're almost about done here. We usually go about two hours, and that's it. But uh, um, I guess we can go to one of our fringe topics. Nobody's gonna talk. I, I hate to talk about hockey for Cesar because I know I, I, I <laughs> go right. I, I mean, I could because. 
But actually, it's kind of like a thing I, I, I can go to all sports. So, you know how in Major League Baseball for the All-Star game, they have like that last guy in vote? Yeah. So, hockey's doing the same thing. Now, one of my guys for the Florida Panthers, he should be in the All-Star game, but he's not. He's one of the best guys in the league. But, you know, he ended up in this vote. However, he's like our workhorse. Like, we literally run this guy into the ground or to the ice. So, <laughs> I, I find it more prudent and more important that he actually not get voted in because I want him to rest because we need him for that second half if we're going to have any semblance of a shot at the playoffs. So, I mean, if you guys had a guy in the same position, would you would you rather he go to the All-Star game and, you know, have, like, the fanfare, hey, we got a rep in our, you know, in the game and all that stuff, or would you rather, man, I, I'm the prize, playoffs, and go from there? Because I have playoffs. I don't care about the All-Star game. So what do you guys think? Would you want that if the NBA All-Star game, baseball All-Star game? Especially in baseball, I mean, like with pitchers and stuff. I think it depends on the player. I mean, if the player's never made it to an all-star game and he's, like, still new to the league, I, I would like him to go there at the confidence bill or brings him up to status. And That is true. I, mean, I, I think it really just depends. Um, obviously, yeah, if it's a more established player who's been there, done that, and it's just, like, another tack onto his, like, mantle or just another bonus onto his contract, and then, sure, I'm, uh, I'm okay with not wanting to get voted in. But I think it just really depends. Uh, obviously, uh, if as a fan, I want to have my players healthy and ready for the playoffs and for the postseason as possible. But as a fan of players, I mean, obviously they want to make it. Because, I mean, as a kid, you always wanted to be an all-star, you know, an all-pro. You wanted to do that. Yeah, in the home run derby. or I'm not sure what the equivalent would be in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I think it, it goes to your point. Uh, it depends on the player. If they've been there before, like Alex Ovechkin sitting out, he's been there like dozens of times already, so he doesn't mind getting a suspension or whatever. Um, some players, if they're young, like for me, Donkic, if I saw him, like, dude, go play, you know, kind of validate your career in a sense too. Mm -hmm. um, depending on the team as well and, and – like in baseball, like as a Marlins fan, <laughs> you know, our, our lone all-star is kind of like the one thing we can look at and be like, we got something right. <laughs> we don't get much right, but we got that right. And it's JT Real Muto for now until he gets traded. <laughs> um, but that's another conversation because it seems like there's like a rumor every day about where he's going to. But uh, it just depends. What do you Wait, you had an opinion about this, Charles, right? About All-Star games in general? Yeah, well, to kind of go for, to make it to your, with Barkov and then expand on, is if he gets more money playing, let him go. You know, because let him get as much cash as he can because they have long careers that are 12, 13 years long. They're just superlatives at that point. But So it's nice there. I mean, how, how thick of the playoff hunt are you in and do you feel that him playing in this game is going to really affect your chances because i mean 
You can either just give him a rest day, you know, subsequently. The Panthers or... cannot afford to give Barkov a rest day, I'll tell you that much. Okay, so it's typical Florida Panthers. They get your hopes up and then they break your heart. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so, I mean, last guy in to bring it back the whole thing. It's just, it, there's such a disparity. You know, NBA fan votes putting people that are there. The Pro Bowl can kind of put people that are there undeserving. To be honest, you know, the NBA, have... NBA players aren't really, like, you know, Enthusiastic, anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, until, I mean, like, maybe, like, the last two minutes of the game where they're like, oh, crap, it's 155 to 156. Let's let's go. Actually, that, that's a conversation I'd like to have in a couple weeks when an NBA All-Star game is closer, like, a new format for it. Oh, that's right. They, they keep that. trying every other year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm all about the like two on two or three on three. That'd be so awesome to watch. Yeah, it'd be like uh, the street ball type of thing. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think Ice Cube might have an, like an issue with it, but you know, <laughs> with his. Uh, have you guys ever seen one of those big three games? No. I have. They're yeah. kind of entertaining. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. it's a, it's basically a they're, players. They're short too. Yeah, it's literally the players remember to forget, like the league. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Stephon Marbury, he's still in China. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Remember when Marburys were a thing? The sneakers. Oh, Starberries. Starberries. Starberry, baby. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had Iversons. Like, I love my Iverson shoes. Iversons are sick, dude. I, like when. I, like he was one of my favorite players of that era, man. I, I wore finger bands as a kid because of Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it worked or something. My, my uh, CrossFit trainer. He's um, he's a short white guy from Detroit, and he he's like, man, I like he's a Pistons fan through and through. But he's like, man, Allen Iverson. Like I uh, like he was obsessed with them. He got cornrows. Wow. <laughs> and he showed me the pictures of it when he was like, you know, a little kid or like like 11, 12 or like 15 years old whatever. And <laughs> the most hilarious thing ever. It was great. <laughs> I guess All before right. we go, I finally pulled up the names of those teams. The last one. Okay. Right. And normally I wouldn't care, but this is a pretty good one to end on, I think. Okay. Uh, so you've got Marist. What the hell was that? Marist? M-A-R-I-S-T. Okay. Okay. It's a colored animal. Yeah. What's with these colored animals? I don't know. Dear Lord. Uh, the... Parrots? <laughs> that is a colored animal. <laughs> to expedite things, the color is red, but the, the animal does not, is not, neither rhymes nor is alliterative with uh. red. Well, oh, the Red Dead Redemption. So the red, red marsupials. Maris red marsupials. <laughs> it's not alliteration, is it? No. That's dumb schools. Okay. Red birds. It's a land-based animal. Land-based. Uh, okay. Part of the canine family. Okay. Wolves. Coyotes. No, no. Close though. Okay, he said wolves and coyotes. Dingoes. No. Oh, that'd be. Ah, that's a cool. So it is. You'll find these a lot in the United States. A jackal? No, that'd be cool though. Damn. You find? Uh, Did we say hyena already? No. In the United States. <laughs> <laughs> the great. I mean, the, the great, great roaming, 
hyenas of Nebraska. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> <laughs> they say we have panthers somewhere here. Yeah, we do. There's not many of them, but we do. Uh, going once. Okay. Going so twice. Red, it's red foxes. 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 Oh, okay. Alrighty. And they are taking on and beating Manhattan. Okay, so New York. Buffaloes? No. It is... You are never going to get this one, but I'll give you a shot. I don't know what the heck it is, but it rhymes with a cartoon character for children that had a movie series back in the 1990s. Damn, that is whoa! I that is beyond wow. A oh, cartoons, oh. wow. Okay, was it Nickelodeon or Disney the, or Cartoon Teenage Network? Mutant Ninja now. Turtles. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um. The the Wallabies. Manhattan Gargoyles. Oh, that'd be awesome! I wish that'd be an awesome name, Gargoyles. I think there is a Gargoyles. So okay, I'll have to look but, that okay, up for next so Manhattan. Uh, it's. The type of creature that this is would be someone that the Ghostbusters would be hunting. So the Phantoms. But it's it 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 rhymes with the name of a character. That's a ghost. Casper. That's the word it rhymes with. See, so you have twenty-five letters. Ah. Uh. Uh, I'm, Do you want me to put you out of your misery? <laughs> yeah, I'm too yeah. tired for this, man. It's the end of the day. <laughs> it's the Manhattan Jaspers. Okay. It's Jaspers. Jaspers. Which apparently might be a rock. <laughs> okay. I think that's... I should have saved that for next week. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I burned you guys. Yeah, out. It's, I'm out. It's two hours in. All right, guys. So right. thank you for this. We talked about Jimmy Butler ruining everybody's teams. Uh college football playoff Nick Saban is finally sad <laughs> and uh, had some fun with Cesar and our Dodger centric episode actually yeah. we'll have so. to continue it for next week alright so yeah. we'll uh, we'll close this out I'll put the thank you screen up uh, we got some sharing on social media to do after this yes. <laughs> so, right. see Send you guys alrighty have a great one guys Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Take care. Oh, what language is that? Latin. Okay, cool. <laughs>